Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. On this week's episode of Barbecue and Tech, it's time to plan the Super Bowl party food. I'm your host, Rod Simmons, joined by my partner in crime, co-host, and I'm not even going to say my barbecue pit master, but uh, I will say Thanks. he is our he is our favorite uh, barbecue guy in tech. What's up, I'll man? Take that. What's up, brother? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm looking forward to uh, getting this menu planned uh, since we're going to be doing yet another Super Bowl party and yes. trying to feed a bunch of people. Or Bowl. trying to overfeed. <laughs> not yeah, our Super people. Bowl is about the food. It ain't about the for me. It's not about the game anymore. <laughs> it used to be about both. But uh, we had such a good time last year, and uh, honestly, the everything we did had came to fruition uh, pretty well. You know, uh, so we wanted to do it again for uh, for this year. And uh, as a recap, we did uh, we did a slider theme. We did a barbecue slider theme and um we did brisket slider, which was awesome. Yep. Uh brisket's always it's a hit no matter what you put it on. You can slather that on anything. Put it on the ground and people leave it. <laughs> um the I my favorite and and even just rethinking about it again was the uh beef rib sliders. That was decadent. Especially getting those beef ribs from uh, Forty Four Farms. Yep, they do a good job. That I mean, just the the tenderness of the beef came out so well, uh, and you know, able to cut it into perfect cubes. It just made like the a perfect bite uh, with the uh, with the rolls. Man, that was really really enjoyable. So uh, that was my favorite. And then what else did we do? We did the uh, brisket. We did the Brisket, beef, rib, sliders. Did we do, I don't know if we did pulled pork sliders or. Uh, man, it's been a while. God, it's, it's funny because you think back a year and you think you'd remember everything that you cooked. And I'm now like scrolling through shows to go back a oh, year. Well, to figure okay. out what we got we a, I got a picture here somewhere of all three sliders because you took that awesome picture. Um, did I, did I do yeah, something? you remember you yeah. set up the little photo booth. Something you'd give me credit for finally? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You set up that little photo booth. Here it is, right here. I'm looking at it now. So we had the oh god, what a gorgeous picture you took here. You had the little <laughs> uh, marble background. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, uh, it was a brisket slider. There's the brisket. There's the beef rib. Uh, that oh yeah, that's it. That is the uh, oh we did the burnt end slider. 
Ah, uh, there it is. Yeah, I was looking. I was looking down to figure out what we did, and I was like, I went back through show episodes. Like, so what exactly did we do? So yeah, you found it. Bird yep, yep. and then we had it. the we did the wings as well. So all finger foods, uh, easy, easy to manage uh, for people. They could go, and the point of that is to instead of you know we're really good at putting on big dinners, um, but for stuff like this, we, you know we don't we haven't really gone this route until recently and which is like the more finger food style but it's like the what are, what are the, the food snobs say the elevated finger food <laughs> Ele, elevated finger foods you know what i mean and so i, I want to continue that theme this year uh if that's cool with you and let's let's do a, a another barbecue slider slash finger food menu you down um so with it yeah let's do it all right so I'll tell you right now, there's something that's been on my mind uh, to to smoke that I've never smoked before. In fact, I've only made this particular item once, but I it just kind of hit me. I think I was watching I was watching a video of uh, somebody making this food item, but it was just like full of foolishness. And it was a hilarious video uh, where they were just kind of making fun of the of the recipe but uh i it got me thinking it's like well dang i haven't made one of these in a while what would it be like to make one and actually smoke it and that particular item is a meatloaf now i love meatloaf um my mom used to make a banging meatloaf um i don't love everybody's meatloaf that's for sure but uh i thought you know, surely someone has smoked a meatloaf and I'll be able to do some research onto the pros and cons and ins and outs of what to look for. And then I'll obviously put the barbecue and tech spin a Rooney on it. And uh, so, you know, the first thing comes to mind when doing a meatloaf is the forming of the loaf itself. Right. So um, now. The, how do you form the meatloaf, get the smoke flavor on it? Because um, obviously if you pan it, uh, the you know, you're going to lose some of the smoke. You're probably going yeah, to get in the top. So yeah, we were talking about this. I'm, I'm very, I kind of, you said you did some research and I knew we were talking yeah. about it yesterday and I gave a wacky idea. I'm wondering how wacky my idea really was. Yeah. So I, actually I thought your idea was pretty good. Uh, and Rod had an idea to just get some cheap pans. You can buy, certainly buy aluminum tinfoil pans, uh, and just put holes in it and then allow it to form the meatloaf. And, uh, the smoke would definitely go through the holes and provide that smoke flavor into the, into the loaf. And, uh, I thought that was a good idea. And then I saw the research and I was like, oh, it's way simpler than that. <laughs> oh, is it really? <laughs> like, just form it into a patty and put it on the grates. You're fine. Like, don't, don't. Not- Kill not quite, not quite. So here's the deal. So one thing I've had in my Amazon uh, a list that I haven't purchased yet are some racks. I am in sore need of more cooking racks. Yep. Uh, I want to do that this year uh, to kind of uh, just change the game, just better presentation on the smoked food, more circulation around the, the meat and just see what, what, what can come of it. You know, a lot of these competitors, when they, they do competition, they actually smoke it on 
a rack as opposed to directly on the grate. So that's something I wanted to try to share and see what I could get out of it. So that's the first step. However, what these guys are doing, and I've seen at least four different videos now on the uh, on on the uh, smoked uh, meatloaf. And all they're doing is they're forming it in the pan, but they're lining the pan with saran wrap. And then what okay, they'll yeah. do is they'll mix up the meatloaf, they'll form it into the pan, put it in the refrigerator, and that kind of hardens it, it a little bit. And then all they do is turning the pan upside down, taking the loaf out of the pan directly the onto the grate. Put it right on the grate. Right. And it's maintaining its form. Um, because it's colder and then they just, you know, the, the, the plastic wrap allows them to do that much easier. And I was okay. like, fair enough. I got that. <laughs> no problem. Um, so, of course, now every single solitary video I saw, um, they were taking a typical 80-20 um, mix uh, from the store and putting it in the pan and doing that. And I was like, we can't do that. <laughs> we got the stuff that came up baby so certainly we can do our own mix it's gonna have chuck. that brisket in there i would imagine brisket chuck and well, we the short rib not for this i want to try the short rib burger which okay. you know right. technically i want my first ground up short rib to be on a burger i will you know because i've had it in store restaurants but i haven't done it for myself yet that's something we're going to do this year uh, for sure. But for this, I'm just going to do our typical mix, which we know is banging, which is the chuck roast and the uh, and the uh, brisket. Yep. Grind that up. And then because one of the things that you wanted, you wanted to do something with brisket this year, right? Again. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I think brisket oh, is a mainstay. I know. Yeah. You know, you wanted to make our first attempt at a pastrami. Uh, pastrami. A Ruben. A Ruben. Yeah. And so we'll talk about that next uh, to see what we've learned about that. But um, the the um, the so we'll 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 do our own mix of uh, meat. Um, and then what we'll do is we'll form it in a pan. We'll season it up. We're definitely gonna hit it with some uh, with our favorite uh, uh, Killer Hogs uh, AP. And then um, a lot of people were putting the rub in the meat I, I think that's overkill i i like it i want to create a i'm going to attempt to create a nicer bark than what i was seeing um online so what i'm going to do is i'm going to put the rub on the outside uh, a secondary rub probably um sugar maple or or the pecan rub which has a bit of sugar in it and um, see if I can get a nice little bark on the outside of that meatloaf and then what i want to do is just cut it into cubes so that it can be now you're a ketchup guy on your like the bar barbecue so, sauce or I don't I, I don't mind it at all. However, for this I'm not gonna do ketchup. I would definitely uh I'll probably make one with a sauce and one without. Okay. So and I'll do a, a barbecue sauce. Now for your I know some people like the idea of veggies in their uh like you know, like whether it be obviously onions, I think is mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. me that's a no it's, a, it's a must, um, but some people like peppers. Are you more of a fine chopped? Or are you more of a coarse chopped? Or no, you want it very pronounced and chunky in there? I'll be honest with you. I don't necessarily have a preference 
when uh, for me if it's good and it's tasty and it's moist i'm good but for this particular uh smoke i'm thinking that uh i will probably add do do like a pepper onion uh mix in there but more of a finely or or at least on the smaller side so it's not too pronounced um at least on on this run so do you do you see yourself um either a for the brisket using a wagyu brisket so you can get some of that wagyu fat in there or do you see yourself using the you can the wag the tallow that you buy blending some of that into the like when you run it through the 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 um uh, the grinder for the meat yeah. blending some of that in so that you know that this run you're going to have some of the the wagyu fat spread throughout the meat to add that additional that is an interesting approach so if we're going to but the thing I'm is, I'm just trying. I'm trying to run up the cost of this meatloaf. Right, right. You're gonna make it the world instead of just a smoked meatloaf. It's gonna be the world's most expensive meatloaf. Um, yeah, you got to cover it in gold leaf, of course. Right, That's a must. right, right. Um, no, I think it, I, I'll I'll play it by ear, and then we'll let the we'll, we'll let everybody know how, what, what direction we will. If the brisket that we're going to grind up is well marbled, and we'll get it from the butcher. As it usually okay. is, well marbled. I'm not going to worry about it too much because I know you've I know you've taken like when we've done some steaks in the past or some wagyu brisket in the past. You trim, yeah, you save some, some of the, the trimming, uh, and I'm I was wondering if when you're grinding this, if you're going to say, well, I have the trimming, so I'll just add I those. Think, uh, I think I had to get rid of it. I got to double check, but remember, once we got rid of the second refrigerator, I mean, space was at a premium. <laughs> it, it, it might have went away so it might have found its way to the trash can which was a bummer but it had to be done yeah, but, yeah. Uh, if so but either way if i have some of the trimmings from you know definitely there'll be some extra fat um i won't use the uh deco at all or any of that hard fat but i will use some of the extra fat that i that's you know nice fat off of the uh brisket and add it to the to the grind anyway and then um um the plan is to temp it i'll definitely it's gonna be so this is a ground beef but it's a beef that we're grinding on our own so i'm not too worried about it being on the lower temperature side but i think i'm gonna still take it to 165 just to because i think aesthetically most people don't want to see pink in their meatloaf you know what i mean it's just it'd be an unexpected thing so I think I'm going to take it to the full 165, you know, fully cooked uh, uh, realm uh, for it and then just let it cool in the in the warmer and then bring it over and we'll slice it up and put it on some uh, bread and then figuring out which bread to use for that is going to be interesting. Now, the, I'm just wondering, yeah, if I should leave it tempt. Yeah, since this is my first time, I'm definitely going to use a meter on it um, just to kind of watch, see how it cooks. Um, most of these guys were saying roughly around that two hour mark yep. um, for, for smoke for smoke time. Okay, that's, a lot, that's a lot less time than I was expecting it to be. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they were, they were just using a regular loaf pan, so it wasn't anything too crazy thick. And the other thing is you don't from, you know, just from making meatloaf in the past, you don't want to overpress it. Right yeah. into the pan because then it becomes hard and then you know you get and, uneven cook and yep. you know and some parts can become mealy and so you you want you don't want to work the meat too much. Okay. All right. 
I like so that. That'll be one. Um, are we gonna? I guess we can do. Are we gonna do wings again this year? I think it's you're hard pressed not to. I mean, you have, did do wings for New food. Year's, but everybody likes wings. Everybody likes wings, man. You can never go wrong. Okay, we'll do wings, but maybe we do something a little different with the wings. I don't know what yet, um, but uh, maybe it, I think. Whether you fry or smoke wings, you got to have a combination of both. That's at least that's from my perspective. No, I'm talking from it. a seasoning standpoint. We've been, you know, we've done. So you have the traditional that I think everybody likes with the sugar maple on it. Yeah, uh, that's always a classic. And I think we talked about the, I think last episode we talked about the apple uh, jalapeno uh, glaze that went on the wings. I think we could probably introduce a couple different glazes to some wings. Well, so I think variety. Is my always- family is more of a dry rub than a glaze. Even though you know our house anything, so we're trying to change whatever. it up. Or are we not trying to change it up? We are. However, <laughs> that you tell them this is what you're getting. No, um, we can stick with dry rubs. I I think that's no, uh, no, no. I'm just saying I don't want to do too many glazes. I need some dry rubs in there because it's what, oh, absolutely, yeah, it's yeah what's no. preferred. I so, definitely agree. I think we do a lemon pepper, and that is a dry, correct for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah lemon, we can try le- that lemon pepper garlic. I like that, um, but not. So typically when I do that, I'm, I'm buying a rub, um, but I think I'm going to try to go fresh with it, you know, fresh garlic, fresh, uh, uh, fresh ground, uh, pe- pepper and a little bit of salt. And then the, uh, and then maybe squeeze the lemon over top for the mix. Sure. I, I think we, we, we would do like a Chipotle. I know, um, a number of places that sell wings have a Chipotle and, I'm trying to remember that name of it. Your your buddy owned a restaurant, and they had a Buffalo amazing wings and beer. They had an amazing dry rub uh, that we liked. That's funny. <laughs> was it a Cajun? Yeah. There, so just to be clear, it, honestly, it was my favorite wing there. It was a Cajun, and I asked them, you know, what you know, where they're ordering the the rub from. You'll be shocked to know you can buy it at any grocery store. Really? Yeah, that's what they used. It was a McCormick's. It was the McCormick's Cajun. Uh, okay. And funny, after he told me that, it tasted differently to me. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like trash now. <laughs> no, I, I haven't mixed up a batch of Cajun rub in a long time. So for that, that I would usually use for the blackened chicken. Yeah. But we could do that if you want. Yeah. I think a Cajun, something with a Cajun. I, we could probably also even do, uh, uh, I, we could, I'd say we could do a jerk wing. Um but I think we'd have to, it would probably disgust you because we'd have to make it mild because most of. Yeah, I don't want to do that. So there's going to be too many baby. <laughs> there's too many baby mouths that aren't going to want to have something that's going to. Yeah, no, I don't want to burn, their, burn the roof off. My, my jerk wing experience. So let's do. So let's plan. We, but we definitely got to plan on the, you know, like a barbecue or a glaze that, you yeah. know, the, the lessers can eat the lesser spices. So let's do a Cajun. I'm happy to whip up a new batch of Cajun. I'll go to my store cool. and get all, all fresh ingredients for that. Whip up a batch of Cajun. We'll do um we'll do the uh lemon pepper. Yep. And the then, traditional uh I think we have to do the traditional sugar maple. Yeah. And then yep. we'll do a Cajun and we'll do uh a, a Chipotle. Yeah. Or a Chipotle barbecue. Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll do a wet one. We'll, you know, maybe Chipotle. Yeah. One, we'll do one. We'll find a good wet seasoning. Maybe we we already did the apple uh, jalapeno. So I think we just need to find something else that's going to be we'll a good We'll see if we place. can find a wet Chipotle. Okay, cool. Sauce. And then go I with like that. It. 
Cool. Wings are easy. We'll, I mean, for, from, from my perspective, we smoke them and then we can either leave them smoked or air fry them after the fact. Um, or yeah. you have an oil fryer. You can oil fry them. I as have well. an oil fryer as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the nice thing about it is if you, if you smoke them before, they're done. Uh-huh. So when you're frying them, you're not 20 minutes or eight, 18 to 20 yeah, minutes. It's just to put this thing. What, 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 what's the air fryer you got? Cause I think you got a really nice one. Uh, it's a Costco brand one. I will absolutely, it's a, I think it's a Ninja. I've never been, I don't like their blenders. I, uh, smoker or sorry, air fryer. Um, yeah, I got it at Costco. The thing that, the thing that turned me on to it, and I, again, one, it was from Costco. That's the big one. Oh yeah. It's the Ninja foodie, um, six and one. It's the model number DZ201. I'll put it in there. The thing I liked about it, which is what brought me to it was the fact that it had like a two, uh, like frying things. The problem yeah, with two the two baskets, frying things, right? Yeah. It's Are nice. They, and did they concept. open in- independently sorry do they open yeah they open independently okay go ahead it's nice in concept but in reality you're splitting the power between the two so when you go to if you try to like fry wings in both they're both getting half the power Mm. so it's 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 six one way half does now you'd have to be cooking something at a relatively low temperature where you don't need lots of heat or you're just doubling the cook time versus just doing one at a time and then doing the other so i found that when we use it we tend to only use one at a time Mm. Or if the kids are using it and they're like, oh, I want my food and like, like I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to do some homework. And they're not in a rush. They'll use both. They'll do fries on one and they'll do like heating up something on the other. So it, for them, it's not about it being done as fast as possible. I would never yeah. use that. Uh, it was the one flaw in the design for it. How so. many wings can you get in uh, one one cook? Um, I tend to only like to have one layer. And I'd probably say from wing pieces, I probably get. 12 to 14. Oh, that's, that's wing pretty big in the bottom of it. And I mean, mind you, I'm arranging them. And then as you know, as you cook, uh, you yeah, kind of toss them around again, but yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think in my fryer, I have the Phillips air fryer, yeah. uh, which I've had for, I was probably, I think I was the first one to get an air fryer and I still love this thing. I, I wish it was bigger. Um, but the, you know, it has the great where I can do top level, lower level, um, of the wings. So that allows me to get more wings in there. Um, but, uh, I think I'm still around the same number as, uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah. I'm probably around 12 to 14, uh, wings. Generally, okay. if I buy a pack of wings, I can do a little bit more than half of that pack per, per cook. Um, so yeah. And, and folks, if you're new to the show or if you don't remember, uh, I, we did a wing experiment and we tried to figure out from a smoke standpoint, what was the best way to do that we felt was to do the wing. And the three methods were to smoke them and then just eat them, um, smoke them and then oil fry them. And then the last method was to smoke them and then air fry them. And what I found was I enjoyed the smoke and air fry. And I think everybody else did too, way more than I enjoyed the other ones. And honestly, last place was smoke and oil fried because I felt like the oil took away from the smoke flavor. Um, and you just were tasting the rub and you, you were getting the crunch, uh, which is part of the wing experience. But uh, with the air fryer, it seemed to enhance 
the smoke flavor and give me the crunch um, that I'm looking for. So yeah. between the two, that was the method that I found. So uh, I'm looking at, I've been peeking at new air fryers. And one of the things I've been looking at is a new stove uh, for the kitchen. And the um, induction stoves have built-in air fry capabilities in them which would be really, really cool. So it's one of the reasons why I haven't bought a new air fryer because if I if I get a new stove, I want it to be an induction and I want it to have that feature, which would be great. Imagine doing an entire tray of air fried wings as opposed to like 12 at a time. I remember years ago, there was a, I think it was Jerry Rice. They had a, um, you know, I don't know if it was MTV Cribs or something like that where they kind of did like a, they did an interview of Jerry Rice and he was showing around his house in, in his countertop. He had a deep fryer cause he liked fried foods. Uh, I, I know you're not, you're talking to air fryer, not a deep fryer. And this right, is but I mean, different times, but get- hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The last, you know, a, a Banging fried chicken is never off my menu. You know what I mean? But just in this particular case. Yeah, there's something nice about having those, I'll say, nice elements in, that you can integrate in your home. I always worry about, like, when I buy, like, um, like if you're buying an oven, I definitely say by next time I buy an oven, it will it will have a feed for a water line so you can get that um, that steam uh, in your, your uh, like, oven so you can get that additional uh I forget what it is called when you add water and you're uh oh gosh my brain is just freezing up on me right now but i would love to have that as an option but i'm always very funny about adding having something i buy that has this, this kind of i say accessory on it that is mm-hmm. kind of like not its primary purpose and then like all of a sudden i realize that you know you don't want this item anymore and you're like you're sort of stuck with it because my ovens i bought with my house and they're 20 plus years old. Yep. So you're, you know that you're in for the long haul with that tech. Like if you, it's no different than Jerry Rice's house where you have like a, you built in an, uh, uh, oil flat fryer in your countertop and you're like, you know, everybody air fries now or, or most people have switched from oil to air. So you kind of have this thing that's like legacy technology that you just, you've, uh, integrated into your house. So, uh, I'm not saying not to do it. I'm just saying, uh, we don't know what's around the technology corner. So I, I do, but I am interested yeah. in where you go. I've been looking at this induction stuff for a while and it's just, a, I like the fact that, uh, you know, most of the surfaces are not hot to the touch, right? And, unless you had something on there where the heat radiated back off of it. Um, I like the, you know, the inst- almost instant heat that you get from it. 
is, um, you know, and more and more pots are being designed to work with it. Uh, like they're even starting to make some woks that can work with it. Uh, and apparently a lot of restaurants are switching to induction cookers. Yep. Um, so they're expensive though. So whew, uh, I don't know if you've ever looked at, at them at all, but they're super expensive. But overall, I mean, the funny thing is I ran a gas line early on when I bought this house. They, they, the stove was electric and I had just run a gas line from my basement up, up there because I had to gas. I had a gas, uh, gas, uh, uh, furnace and water heater. And so I was like, ah, I just branched that and, you know, worked out great. I wanted to switch to, and I wanted to switch to gas, but now I want to switch again back to electric. So we'll see what happens. Um, so yeah, so wings, uh, Wing, low sliders. and the pastrami. So I, d- I did want to touch yeah, base so on that. Yeah, so what have you learned about that so far? Yeah, so I, um, and if anybody's huge in making pastrami, they're gonna like, oh my God, I can't believe this guy's talking about this. This simple, simplistic. I think most of the stuff is the, I'll say the curing process or the brining process that really happens. I mean, I, I watched a lot of videos trying to figure out like all right, what's involved in this. And and From a cooking for all intents and purposes, it's a, a pastrami is, is a brisket that's yeah. just been cured. Correct. Or brined uh, and a super yeah. brined, I guess, and cured. Yeah, it, it is. It does seem like it can be a very long process. I think the 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 happy ground I've seen for most people is about a six-day process. And then wow. the other piece is that once you pull it out, then you want another day of it just in water to kind of get the extra salt off of the brisket so it doesn't come out super salty mm-hmm. but the end result and then of course if you want rubens you have to i think it's like you do your um uh your thou- it's a thousand island i think it's thousand island uh and then you have to do you what you've got to make on your own and then it's uh yeah, like your sauerkraut that uh, goes on thousand islands nothing but ketchup and mayonnaise yeah, but I mean, obviously you want to, yeah, you want to kick it up a, a, a oh. God, I was about to say kick it up another notch. I feel like Emerald Lagasse on that one, <laughs> but yeah, you want to step up your game a little bit. And I think it yeah, would be we can fun do to that do that. Sure. So I did find at least, um, there was one video and I, I don't mind. I'll link to it because again, this is going to be my first time doing it. And I thought, uh, I thought the guy created a fantastic video that kind of walked through it a little silly in of itself, but he does. He does show like the process and what he does is he separates the point and the flat okay. um, when he's putting it together. He does show you the seasoning mixes that he puts together. So, not- okay. So here's a question for you. Do you want to make your own mix? So we had to get the pink salt uh, and all that. Or do you want to buy a ready-made package? Because no, they we're doing do it from sell scratch. those. No, we're doing huh? it from scratch. Totally okay. from scratch. Yeah. All right. You going all in? You want to go all in? All right, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it was funny because like there were a couple. You know, we have a good seasoning store nearby us, so um, mm-hmm. I think when I looked at the general seasonings, using the the couple thing, there's one thing that I know I don't have my um my cabinet, which was juniper berries. I was like, eh, I don't have those. And then there was, uh, I think it is it's called um, uh, pargu powder. Um, I know I don't have that, which is like the pink salt that you're referring to. Uh-huh. Other than that, everything else I have. So there's there's two ingredients that I will say I need to get for the um uh for the brine. I said that I think I said Thousand Island dressing. It's Russian dressing. I'm such an idiot. I so I do apologize on that. So the Russian dressing, he has a great assembly for that. And then he used um I can't remember what kind of bread he used, but uh he did. It's got to be. 
rye or pumpernickel, one or the other. Uh, I don't think it, it. I don't think it was rye bread he used, which was interesting, and I definitely know it wasn't pumpernickel for a Reuben. He didn't use rye. I I'll, I don't know I anything else. Back. It, but he did make it a super crispy bread. So he did like essentially toast the bread in yeah, butter so that you got it like as a nice crunchy exterior. No. I know some people are just like, no, I want the bread to be soft. I want the meat. I, I don't want it to be soft. I want it to be medium, you know, but I, I don't, I like the outside it's to textures. be toasted. Right. But the inside soft, uh, that's just me and how I like my Rubens. I, you know, and I hate, removing the top layer of my uh, mouth <laughs> when I'm eating something. Yeah, it's, I think for most people, it's like trying to find building the textures, and then there's also the appearance. Like, most people don't like sauerkraut, uh, from what I've found. Like, there are, there are people who love it, mm-hmm. but if you, were to, if you were to go into a room of 100 people and you put something in their sauerkraut there, the majority of people are probably not going to go for the sauerkraut. So I'd say I'm not a huge fan of sauerkraut. Yeah. See, <laughs> but the only time I will eat it is on a Reuben. Okay. Well, there but, you go. But if I have my preference, I'm putting coleslaw on my Reuben, not sauerkraut. Okay. And that's fine too. But again, that adds the, that adds the additional color, the textures, all the stuff that you're trying to bring in. Like, yep. I don't necessarily think the sauerkraut is there because you need sauerkraut. It's, it's no, to add no. the different flavors and textures to right. the food. Yeah. And it, um, add, it adds something to it. Some more body, a little bit of, you yeah, know, if you want earthiness. And I, I know my kids will be like, just give me the bread, give me the meat. We're good to go. Yeah. Um, they'll I'm probably, st- I, I, I almost feel like I want to separate it and do, a Reuben with one part of the brisket and then do brisket with the other, like true okay, brisket. Okay, but you said he separated, but which part did he use? Did he, he use used both. He oh, did, he yeah, did, he did discriminate. Both. Yeah, he did use, he did brine them both. Um, mm. So I, I know my wife would really appreciate the pastrami and being able to have a, a proper Reuben. So to me, it's been something she's all like over the years, she's always made a comment of, I can't get a good Reuben anywhere near. Okay, hold on. Hold on. So let's go back to the brine process. So, you whipping up this brine, mm-hmm. and then uh, do, you, do you just put it in the fridge and leave it? Do you have to rotate yep. it? Nope. Um, gallon, you. I think you mix up the brine mixture, gallon of water, and you you throw it in. Uh, you throw it in, and away you go. He, he did not trim his brisket nearly like we would normally trim ours, which I did I not met, find as appetizing. But you know, you think about it though. When you see a lot of Reuben, sometimes they're a bit fattier. So I wonder if that's just traditional. Because you're yep. letting it sit in that brine, which is probably going to tenderize the meat a lot. And so then you're going to smoke it down. Yeah, I'm torn on this one because there are a lot of people who, when they go to eat, they're like, I, they just, they wind up cutting the fat off. And unfortunately, sure. that's where you put the seasoning. Now, mind you, and I will say, they tend to cut out the fat off when the fat layer is really thick. Yeah. No, I'm just happy like, hey, to, um, you know what? I, let's do this our style. We'll, we'll trim the brisket like we would normally like it Trim the brisket. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So next question is, um, obviously he smoked it. How long did he smoke it for? And to what temp? Do you know? Yeah. So he, uh, smoke, he, the smoker he had, uh, was set to 225. So it was pretty low. I thought for the smoker. Uh, and then he smoked Which would it for, make sense since he separated it. He smoked for 67 hours, only trying to reach an internal temperature of 150. Okay. Then at 150, he took the brisket out. Uh-huh. He boiled some water and poured uh-huh. it into a tray and then put like, um, what I typically would use to drive my cookies on, or like cool my cookies on. He put that over top of the tray. So you ha- like, you know, the trays that you have that can sit inside of your 
caterade, like the metal yep. trays that are like yep. about, about a half inch thick half sheet. or deep. Half sheet. Half sheet. So you take one of those, you put water in the bottom, then you put like a, tr- a tray that will elevate the brisket off. So the water's mm-hmm. right below it. Mm-hmm. You put the brisket back on top of that and then you go in the oven at 325. I mean, you could put it back on the smoker at 325, but you're not getting any smoke because it's covered. And you let that cook until you get to 195, 203, which is your typical cook temperature. And then you let it rest. All right. So I don't see myself. And, and, and here's, the, here's the interesting oven. part. This is, this is the part that blew my mind. Um, so he, when he put it in the, when he put it in that pan, he puts foil over it, but he tents it so that the foil isn't touching the brisket. Mm-hmm. But the, then he, when he takes it out of that, when it's done, mm-hmm. he wraps it in butcher paper, which I was like, so you go to from foil tenting because you're trying to get that steam mm-hmm. to cook for like about two hours to get it to that ideal temperature. Mm-hmm. But then you're going to butcher paper to wrap and let it rest. Interesting. Yeah. I'll have so to watch a few myself. I'll, uh, I will absolutely for everybody link uh, the video. I, I thought from all the ones I watched, I did feel like he did a, a good job of explaining a lot of the brisket. Or, sorry, of a lot of the making pastrami. It's the first attempt at it, but um, I'm still on the hunt for video. So everybody's going to get the video that I found that I thought was the at least so far from what I've looked at the most informative. And I found some really crap videos for trying to make uh, pastrami. And I, my prayer is that like uh, this turns out well because I know it's something. Uh, well, first off, you starting with brisket, which is a grip, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's an investment already, right? <laughs> but uh, hmm, and is there any particular wood that he smoked it with? No, no, I didn't. Don't remember hearing anything about any particular wood to use. So I All think right, we'll so, go. I think we'll post oak is what we'll go with. But yeah, it's actually post oak has been hard to find. Um, I think I, I have a box at my house. Okay. All right. Yeah. Look at there. Look at there. Yeah. yeah I can yeah. I can sell it to you at a premium now. <laughs> <laughs> Just like uh, the, la- the last couple of times I went to the spot, they didn't have any. So it was, yeah, it's been it's been a little tough to find. So. Okay, so let's we have the Rubens. We have the um wings, we yep. have the meatloaf and Ruben wings, meatloaf. Uh there was something else you wanted uh you did. I thought about doing we should do the, you know we should do um the um mac and cheese burger? No. Stop. No. It's too soon, Rod. It's too soon. It's, it's too soon. I need to put like another year. <laughs> you, you try to make me gain all the weight back. <laughs> uh, still was such a, uh, uh, to use the wording, a decadent experience. Biting into a burger with mac and cheese in the middle of it was all right. oh, okay. we will- silly. No, not all right, we do won't it. do that one. I was, I, I'm I definitely not going to say doing that doing the doing... jerk, the jerk pulled pork, which is the other we, thing we were thinking about doing. So we, we, I, I know this is you're going to be pissed even when I say this, but uh, I just want to see your face when I say it. We could do a burger uh-huh. and get Krispy Kreme buns and try it out for everybody. No, man, no, no, <laughs> no. You're, you've taken two of my like dream sandwiches. <laughs> and uh one I've had, one I haven't had yet. And no, we're not doing that. No. I, I'm trying to, you know, maintain my diet. 
uh, and you know, I'm I'm definitely gonna enjoy some of this, uh, all of the food that we cook. But that's why that's the other reason why I like doing it in slider format because I don't feel as greedy eating a slider as I would be putting down like two burgers. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I was gonna say that's why you you take the burger and you cut it into like quarters, and you only do like two or three burgers. So there's not enough no. for anybody to have a lot of it. You're like, nope, I'm not doing it. No. The first time I try that, it's going to be a full-on sandwich, and I'm going to sit in the corner and weep at my greediness as I enjoy it. Um, so, all right, we, right, let's talk sides real quick. So, you are the king of making french fries, and I just saw a video about making tater tots. It seems like a little bit of work. Yeah, it sounds like a little bit of work. Well, it's it's not crazy though. It's the forming, I should say. So I'm gonna see if we can find like a tater tot former. But it's not overly crazy, right? You're literally just grating gratering the uh potatoes yeah. as opposed to um so but the initial prep is kinda the same, peel the potato. Actually no, because from what I saw you're gonna partially boil the potato first so you get two different textures on it. Um and then uh grater it. And then uh, mix in like a little bit of cornstarch flour and uh, yeah, I, I can think, I, think. I can take a look at I can do some research yeah. on that. That shouldn't be too bad. But it would be kind of cool to do our own little tater tot. Um, and then definitely going to make some coleslaw because I got to have that on my Reuben. All and, right. Um, and I think if we're going to do that, I'll, we'll have to we'll have to start the brining process at least. Probably the yeah, six days, right? Sunday, Sunday, per, oh, yeah, probably the Saturday fun. prior. I'd have to go yeah, in. You need an extra day to drain. Yeah, because you need the day to. Oh, you need a switch and then drain. Yeah. So was s- there any seasoning before it went onto the smoker? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He had his own seasoning blend uh, that went on it before it went onto the smoker. So, well. so out of the brine, drain, season, then yeah. in the smoker. Correct. Yeah, he had a he called it his pastrami season. It's with nothing crazy. The only thing that I uh, so it's um, the core is based upon. Well, I guess the same. The core, you had black pepper, you had coriander seeds, you had uh, brown sugar, you had paprika, garlic powder, onion powder, mustard seed. So I think if you had to ask the the two things that we typically don't put on our briskets are going to be brown sugar and mustard seed. But uh, to be fair. It was only 1.5 teaspoons, which is actually brown sugar as a proportion of the measurement. There was more brown sugar and coriander seeds than anything else in it. Interesting. Um, which I, I think the that's probably why he... Because that's where a lot of that uh, pickling flavor will come from. Yeah. But keep in mind his smoke temperatures. So typically you're smoking a brisket around 275. He was smoking at 225. So you're probably not going to burn that sugar because it's not cooking at such a high temperature. Yeah. Um, so that's probably how he's protecting the sugar. And then when you go into the steaming, you're equally not going to burn that sugar off because it's tented, foiled, and steaming. So it's going to stay moist and you don't have to worry about burning it. So I'm, yeah. I'm assuming that's probably some of the strategy behind the cook temp. Um, uh, and what he was doing there is to not burn that sugar that he had. So. I mean, like I say, you, the first time you go through, we can, again, we can still, we have a, Still a, a number of days in front of us that we can do some research on the um, the seasonings and if we find another one that's a little better. But uh, I already dropped you in our um, our WhatsApp chat the link to the uh, the video. I think I said it to you once before, yeah. but 
I'm not too keen on the steaming part of it, though. I mean, with <laughs> water, at least. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about that. Yeah, you know, like I say, here's the thing. I've never made one before, so I don't know what the process. I'm surprised it's not steamed with, like, water and beef stock or something like that to give it, like, to boost that flavor. But I think I, I, the further I, I, you go I, away from the, 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 like, is this how, like, someone like a cat's kosher deli makes it? Because if it's closer to, like, the way a cat's makes it, which everybody loves their, their pastrami, then you're, if you, the more you deviate off of that, the more yeah, you don't yeah, yeah. really know. If, it, if it's flavor. a standard, then I guess, you know, because you say you took it off, to, tended it, water mm-hmm. panned it, basically, and then stuck yep. it in the oven. Uh huh. And, and if you're covered with foil, you're not getting smoke flavor at that point in time anyway, so. No, but, uh, and at what temp did he do that at again? 165? Uh, he took it out at 150. 150. And then, then okay, jumped the temperature before. to 325, and that was only two more hours of cooking, okay. which I would imagine at 325, you're going to blow past any All potential right. for it. a stall anyway. We'll have to look and see what the standard is. If it's a standard, then I'll go with it. But uh, if yeah. it's not a standard, I, it's just his method, I'm going to pass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already I'm already vetoing this stupid recipe you found, Rod. <laughs> like I say, you got to have a base. And this is, I think this is typically what we do is we will take a look at somebody's instructions. I mean, we're both questioning certain minor things on it, which yeah. we're both looking at the, why are you smoking so cool? Why are you doing this? Like, well, really I, I brown sugar in there. that smoking it lower with something that's set in a brine for six days um, is probably, is definitely going to be okay because it's, it's going to cook a lot. I think it's going to cook faster than it normally would. Two, he separated the point from the, the flat. So that's also smaller pieces that's, that needs to cook and render. So that, yep. That could just that would justify a lower temperature as well, in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, funny that you asked what kind of wood he moved in the smoker because uh, I was looking at because uh, he has a um, his comments on his blog and someone said what kind of wood do you use in the smoker? He goes, he goes, I used a blend of fruit woods. Apple apple wood is good too. So he he does, he does on his um, if you watch the video which I said we linked to mm-hmm. there's a link in there to the recipe and if you you can also see the comments uh, that he had there alright cool alright so folks just like if you've done uh, a, a uh, Ruben before uh, please let us know your experience your what you've done and you know how it came out what kind of wood you use let us know everything you know we want we want to hear and collaborate uh, and uh if you and also, folks, just like last year, uh, we definitely want to see what you guys are planning for Super Bowl this year and your foods and all that. We want to see it all. So uh, definitely, please, uh, let's do this again. Because that was a lot of fun seeing all the different stuff people made last year. And if any of this inspired you, come on, do it, too. We'll, we'll share a Yeah. One one thing I, one thing I do want people to take into consideration is that while. You know, we're talking a lot about the stuff we're preparing. And I know this is one of those things I'm debating, Chris, if we should like get a brisket even sooner than that, that seven day in advance for the, for this and say, you know, like get it so that you're like 13 days in advance. Let's just go ahead and do the entire brining process. Let's go ahead and cook it. Then let's shrink wrap it or not shrink wrap it. Um, uh, vacuum seal it, put it in the fridge and then day of just put it in the sous vide. It's already done. And we, cause we already know the reheat process. And I think that one of the things that I think we learned really well that I think everybody should take into consideration as you're trying to prepare for this big meal day is if you're considering a brisket or like pulled pork or all those things that you know you can reheat in a sous vide, um, 
it's nothing wrong with making some of your meats available a day prepared a day or two before time and then just um putting them into like the vacuum seal bags and then the day of just throwing them in the sous vide for like an hour oh. and a half, two hours, three hours. Yeah, definitely a great idea for folks that are, you know, uh, that are by themselves. You know, we're lucky it's two of us, right? Two different yeah. cook kitchens and two different smokers. The only reason I wouldn't do the pastrami like that this go around is because it's the first time. It. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah. I, need, I need to see the whole experience. I need to do it like two or three times to kind of get a gauge of what I like, what I don't like. So the and only reason why I say do it this way is if we have it done two or three days ahead of time and if we really screw it up, we can still go get a brisket and have brisket. <laughs> I'm just, just throwing yeah. that out there. Like, cause we, now, you- <laughs> I'm not worried. I'm not worried about that. I, I hear you. I hear you. You're not wrong, but I'm not worried about that. I think in the end we'll make something really good. Um, All right. And, uh, and if not, we've got plenty of other food. <laughs> like, we don't have to pull an audible right. it, it, again, but like for anybody else, if you're, space conserved or you're just worried about time, time of trying to get everything done timing, at the same time you, you haven't you haven't gotten your timing down yet um yeah the sous vide will definitely help you get there option cool all right, all right brother. yeah man that's a good plan and uh i look forward to doing this one all right and then i think after this episode we will get on with uh something that we're going to cook not just for a big event coming up because we're going to have a little hiatus of events until we get back to uh, uh, like the Easter's and all that stuff of the year. So let's jump into the next recipe on the next episode. Alright, sounds good. Alright man, peace. Peace. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.